What's up, everybody? I'm Caitlin. And I'm Nick. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Breath today. If it's your first time and you're wondering what Morning Breath is, it's a daily devotion where one of our pastors and a co-host come into our studio, uh, read a chapter on air with you guys, whether that's on YouTube, Spotify, or the radio. Yeah. And if you would like to find out more information about East Coast in general, you can go to our website. That is eccc.us or download our app. Yeah. Let's get into the chapter. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. I'm Matt and this is Jessica. What's up? Hi, how are you? Good. It's uh, the end of August, which means we're almost to your birthday month. Wow. Actually, one exactly one month away from your birthday. Hey. August 30th, your birthday's no, September 30th. And then starts birthday palooza in our house, right? Mm-hmm. November 4th, November 5th, November 28th, Plus December our anniversary 30th. on the 8th of November. Yes. So it's an expensive couple months coming up, but mm-hmm. thanks to Dave Ramsey. Thank you, Dave Ramsey. Yep. We're ready. <laughs> <laughs> we're ready. So, like, uh, what is it, FPU, Financial yeah. Peace University? Well, yeah. And even starting, what is the book? Uh, Total Money Total Makeover. Money, yeah. I got it from the library like a decade ago and I read it and we did what it said and yeah this was like 2009 I think we got oh yeah of it. yeah so like 12 11 years ago yeah. it completely changed our lives oh yeah and our financial future and our kids lives and mm-hmm. everything so we love it I think we I'm going to talk about that in a couple weeks from now but anyway um, we're starting with a question today and this question is from Rachel and um, I think she knows this insider information because I may have been talking about you at a women's event but her question is what is Pastor Matt's favorite essential oil <laughs> <laughs> she was talking about essential oils and Do she's we know like what Rachel this is from yeah from my Instagram friend who I got to meet in real life at the sisterhood event okay yes okay my favorite essential oil. There's so many. I don't know. I don't know how to pick lavender. Yeah. I think lavender is I've, probably it. I thought that was going to be your answer. Yeah. She was talking about essential oils. I'm like, Matt actually likes essential oils better than me. Sprays oh, yeah. his pillow at nighttime <laughs> with the essential oils he got me for my birthday. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Insider into you. Yeah. I mean, why not? You want to smell good? Yeah. Like use natural things. Peppermint oil. Yep. Eucalyptus. You're, you're a man's man. What's your favorite essential oil? I don't know. I haven't been able to smell. smell anything for five months. So Yeah, that's frustrating. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. What was your favorite essential <laughs> oil in the past? Foot and mouth. <laughs> um, oh, I knew exactly what I was asking. I know. I actually like Thieves or whatever it's called in the other brands. Mm-hmm. The Thieves. Thieves is like, yeah, it's like the five spices yeah, or whatever. I like that a lot. That's a good one too. I'll be able to smell that again one day. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name. Uh, so we're in Mark chapter 14. It's a really long chapter, so we're going to get started reading it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm going to read to 40. And if this is hard for you to see, let it me know. It is hard just to keep see. reading just because of the lighting and the letters. All right. Mark chapter 14. Read, please. It was now two days before the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes were searching for a deceitful way to arrest Jesus and kill him. But they were saying, not during the festival, for the people might riot. While he was in Bethany as a guest at the home of Simon the leper and reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster vial of very costly and precious perfume of pure nard, and she broke the vial and poured the perfume over his head. 
But there were some who were indignantly remarking to one another, why has this perfume been wasted? For this perfume might have been sold for more than 300 denarii, a laborer's wages for almost a year, and the money given to the poor, and they scolded her. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why are you bothering her and causing trouble? She's done a good and beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you wish, you can do something good to them, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for the burial. I assure you and most solemnly solemnly say to you, wherever the good news regarding salvation is proclaimed throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve disciples, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus to them. When they heard this, they were delighted and promised to give him money, and he began looking for an opportune time to betray Jesus. On the first day of the festival of Unlimited, uh, that is a hard word for me, of unleavened bread, when, as was customary, they sacrificed the Passover lamb. His disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him and say to the owners of the house he enters, the teacher asks, where's my guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He'll show you a large upstairs room furnished and ready with carpets and dining couches. Prepare the supper for us there. The disciples left and went to the city and found everything just as he told them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he came with the twelve disciples. While they were reclining at the table, Jesus said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you that one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be grieved and deeply distressed and to say to him one by one, surely not I. And he replied, it is one of the twelve disciples, one who is dipping bread in the bowl with me. For the Son of Man goes to the cross, just as it's written in Scripture of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, giving thanks and praise. And he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And when he had given a cup of wine and given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, my blood which is being poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. After they'd sung a hymn, they went to the Mount of Olives. Jesus said to them, You will all fall away and be ashamed and be afraid to be associated with me as disciples, because it's written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I've been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, Even if they all fall away and desert you, ashamed and afraid of being uh, associated with you, yet I will not do so. Jesus said to him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, this very night before a rooster crows twice, you will deny that you even know me three times. But Peter kept saying insistently, if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all were saying the same thing as well. Then they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit down here till I have prayed. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled, extremely anguished at the prospect of what was to come. And he said to them, my soul is deep, deeply grieved and overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. After going a little further, he fell to the ground, distressed by the weight of his spiritual burden, and began to pray that if it were possible in the Father's will, the hour of suffering and death for the sins of mankind might pass from him. He was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup of judgment away from me, but not what I will, but what you will. And he came back and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Were you unable to keep watch for one hour? Keep actively watching and praying, so that you do not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away again and prayed, saying the same words, and again he came back and found them sleeping, because their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know how to answer him. He came back a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough of that. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us go. Look, my betrayer is near. And at once, while he was still speaking, Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, came up, and with him a crowd of men with swords and clubs who came from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a signal, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him and lead him away safely under guard. I'll do it all. 
When Judas came, immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Rabbi, Master, and he kissed him forcefully. They laid hands on him and seized him. But one of the bystanders, Simon Peter, drew his sword and struck Malchus, the slave of the high priest, and cut off his ear. Jesus said to them, Have you come with swords and clubs to arrest me as you would against a robber? Day after day I was with you, teaching in the courts and porches of the temple, and you did not seize me. But this has happened, so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. Then all of his disciples abandoned him and fled. A young man was following him wearing only a linen sheet over his naked body, and some men seized him, but pulling free of the linen sheet, he escaped from them naked. They led Jesus away to the high priest, and all the chief priests and elders and scribes, Sanhedrin, Jewish high court, gathered together. Peter had followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest, and he was sitting with the officers, guards, and servants, and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and entire council were trying to obtain testimony against Jesus, which they could use to have him condemned and executed, but they were not finding any. For many people were giving false testimonies against him, but their testimonies were not consistent. Some stood up and began to give false testimony against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple sanctuary that was made with hands, and in three days I will build another made without hands. Not even in this respect was their testimony consistent. The high priest stood up and came forward and asked Jesus, have you no answer to give in response to what these men are testifying against you? But Jesus kept silent and gave no answer at all. Again, the high priest was questioning him and saying to him, are you the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, the son of the blessed one? Jesus said, I am, and you will all see the son of man seated with authority at the right hand of power, the father and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then tearing his robe to express his indignation, the high priest said, What further need do we have of witnesses? You've heard the blasphemy. That is his claim to be son of, the son of God. What is your decision? And they all condemned him to be guilty and deserving of death. Some began to spit on him and to blindfold him and to beat him with their fists and to say to him, Prophesy by telling us who hit you. Then the officers took custody of him and struck him in the face. While Peter was down below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, and when she saw Peter warming herself, she looked intently at him and said, You were with Jesus the Nazarene too. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you're talking about. Then he went out of the courtyard to the porch, and a rooster crowed. The servant girl saw him and began once more to tell the bystanders, This man's one of them, but again he denied it. After a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, You are in fact one of them, for it's clear from your accent that you are a Galilean too. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear an oath, I do not know this man you're talking about. Immediately, a rooster crowed the second time, and Peter remembered what Jesus said to him before a rooster crows twice. You will deny me three times. And thinking of this, he began weeping in anguish. Mm. Amen. Amen. So um, this is kind of silly, but some people think that this guy, this young guy, when they grabbed, his, grabbed him and he ran away naked, some people think that that's, the, that's Mark. I actually wrote this book. I actually wrote that down to talk about because I'm like, what a random thing to say. Like, where did I write that? Oh, yeah. I just wrote random detail. Like, naked guy in a sheet following after Jesus gets discovered. Sheet gets taken off. He's naked and runs away. Like, why do we need to know that? But I do wonder if that's true, if that was Mark. And Some people think that. Uh, some people think that he was a young guy, um, like a teenager, uh -huh. that hung around Jesus. Um, one of the things about Mark is there's really not hardly anything in Mark, um, if nothing, I don't want to make a definitive statement, but that isn't in Matthew and in Luke. Uh-huh. I've heard that before. So Mark doesn't bring, if anything, nothing to the table. Yeah. It's new. Uh, different perspectives, though. And yeah. so some had just wondered if, like, they was a person that, just a younger person that hung around with Matthew and, mm -hmm. you know, um, Luke brings stuff to the table because he was like an investigator uh, and he, like a reporter, he was not an eyewitness. Yeah. Matthew was an eyewitness. Luke was like a professional investigator. Mark, he's kind of unknown. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then John was also a disciple. But yet, he's the gospel that you would tell people most often to, if you've never read the Bible before, start in Mark. Yeah, it's simple. It's simple, easy to understand, but has all the, the same yeah. stories and everything mm-hmm. of the other gospels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my soap for Mark chapter 14 was verse 59. What's a soap again? My soap, my soap. <laughs> it stands for scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And it's the way that I read my Bible every morning. Almost every morning. I don't want to say that I'm perfect, but I almost read do it every single morning because I actually feel like my day is off if I don't do it. Like I just, I love it because the A, the application actually gives me a an, something to apply from the word for that day. That's the point of it is to find an application from one chapter, one verse for that day. So this is my verse that I chose was verse 59. And it says, not even in this respect was their testimony consistent. And this is referring to all the people that were trying to bring testimony against Jesus to get the high priest and the Sanhedrin and the high Jewish court to um, find him guilty and to execute him. And so the, all these people were coming forward, but it says that their testimonies were all false. And it, the verse 59 it says, not even in this respect, they were trying to repeat what Jesus has said, but not even in that was it consistent. And so they were kind of telling on themselves because they couldn't get their fake story straight. And um, so my observation was they were trying to find people to give testimony to use against Jesus. But even when people were giving it, it wasn't true or verifiable because it was slander. And so my application is to trust God to protect my reputation. And... Um, if you've been alive for any length of time, you've had people say things about you that aren't true or believe things about you that aren't true. And my personality is I want to tell people what is true because I have a really high need for justice. And so my propensity, instead of being like, it'll all work out, like more of a peacemaker, more of like a sit back person is like, no, I want to tell you what's up because that is not true. And we see Jesus here actually stay silent in the face of lies and slander and betrayal and all these things coming against him, he actually chose for the most part to stay silent. So um, in the application of trusting God to protect my reputation, um, my the P stands for prayer. And I just said, Lord, thank you for being bigger than all of it and working all for my good. You're faithful. You're my protector. You're my defender. And you have my back. And so that's a, that's a great thing for that day that I wrote that, but also for a life um, goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like too that Jesus character actually ends up outweighing his reputation with these people. Yeah. Like the character of Jesus wins. And I think we have to learn that about ourselves as well is your character will eventually win. Uh, you're always going to have people that say bad things about you. Uh, the more uh, you do in life, the more people won't like that. Not everybody celebrates success. In fact, mm-hmm. some people would relish in yours or mine or anyone's uh, demise. They would appreciate that. They would Mm -hmm. relish in that. And it's sad that there are people out there like that, that they live to watch people fail and it makes them happy for whatever insane reason. Or this mob mentality thing, right? Like they were just jumping, maybe they didn't really care about Jesus, but they were jumping on this bandwagon Mm -hmm. and just being like, oh no, he did that. Yeah, I said that. He heard that. I said that. And gossip and slander, that's how it rolls. It's like a domino effect. People just jump on board. And we could be out there trying to fix our reputation in every corner of the planet, but you do that you lose your mind, you know, and especially the more successful you become, the more difficult it can become. Uh, I, I've heard very, very successful people say that um, they are on social media, but they never read the comments. They can't because it's so hurtful to them. All the, all the uh, 
negative things said back to mm-hmm. them. And, and it's, it's hurtful when people don't slander is so hurtful. Um, and you think about this when it comes to Jesus, they're all slandering Jesus and literally they couldn't line up their stories because slander, it, uh, it's not true. It's somebody's perspective and their feelings about what happened. Mm-hmm. And so if two or three people are slandering, they're not going to line up mm-hmm. because it's their own perspective. That's good. Truth, though, and here's the thing about instead of witnessing against Jesus, if you witness for Jesus, it will always line up yeah. with other people's witness That's for so Jesus. Good. And if you just notice when people testify, when they when they give a witness you know, about the Lord, it's like the same on repeat over and over and over and over. He set me free. He reached me when I was at my lowest. He rescued me from my pride. You know, he, he caught me when I was running the wrong way and he brought me into the family and, and this is my testimony and I'm going to testify, you know, like, come on. Right. That's good. It always lines up, but the slander, it it just will do this about God and that about God. And you know what? The slander about you, it's not lining up either. And God protects your uh, reputation, but our focus needs to be on our character, mm-hmm. character. Eventually, yeah. your character will outlive your false reputations. Yeah. And it'll create a new reputation based on good things. Yeah. And so I remember a time when I had a pretty bad habit of just hurting people's feelings and being mean. This is when I was a young man, like in my teenage years. I was very harsh with my words, um, just I don't know. I a lot of my insecurities came out and defense mechanisms were in what I said to put people back and put people in their place for for hurting me. And so in order to not get hurt, I learned how to put people on the defensive, how to hurt them with my words so that they would stay away from hurting me. Mm. And in the process, I got like kind of a reputation for just being like kind of rude and mean and aggressive and and so I remember when when I had a desire to not be like that anymore and to be want to be in ministry and want to be a pastor. And I moved back from England to this area with a new heart and a new mindset, mm-hmm. but I still had an old reputation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Lord, how am I going to overcome this? And I, the Lord just said, let your character win. Wow. You got new character, live it out. And it might take a year. It might take 10 years. You know what? I would say by the time now that I'm 41 years old, most of the people that I hurt in the past have seen from me a lifelong character change mm-hmm. that they would know I am totally different than I was when I was younger. Yeah. And um, they probably actually caught that more when I was about somewhere between 27 and 28. That's how long it probably took some people to recognize, wow, Matt is different. Mm-hmm. And I used to have like an insecurity um, that I was mean and harsh. Like, and this is even just a couple of three years ago. Like I'm a mean and harsh person. And I was, I thought people still thought that about me. And I'd begin to kind of just check the temperature of what certain people thought about me. And they're like, you're not mean or harsh. What are you talking about? You don't yell at people. You don't argue with people. You don't try to make them feel stupid and all these things. I'm like, I don't. They're like, no, like you never do that. Oh, okay. You know, (laughs) but I was still even living in the mindset of my old reputation and the fear of who I used to be. In fact, Pastor Eric was talking to both of us about this the other day that we often get triggered by um, how we were treated in the past Mm -hmm. and how maybe we had to act around certain people as not to 
disrupt the apple cart that now in today's age, we're still living in this kind of shell of the past. And he's like, Matt, you need to step into your leadership of today and you don't need to be insecure Mm -hmm. because of some mistakes of the past. You need to be secure in who you are. You need to make decisions. You need to move forward. You need to, you need to be aggressive and not be afraid that you're offensive. Yeah. Not because honestly, I, I still can be afraid that I'm going to offend people because that for a good portion of my life, I was a very offensive person. I lived offensive is how I, because I was so defensive. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, just kind of, wrapping that up or did you want to say anything else about that i i just think at the at the end of the day your character outlives your reputation i agree it's good that was that was a good word too about the test the testimonies of slander don't ever line up but the testimonies of jesus what he's done in your life they do they will speak to um they will resonate with you if you've been changed by jesus someone else's testimony will be and the spirit will bear witness okay so here's a cool thing when you testify about jesus the holy spirit bears witness when you slander about somebody guess who bears witness with that enemy the devil the author of confusion that's why it will never line up it is always confusing and so if you're listening to a slanderer especially about me and jessica no (laughs) about anybody if you've got your ears open to somebody's running their mouth about somebody else Mm -hmm. Guess who bears witness with that? That's good. That's the devil. The enemy of our soul. The straight devil from hell, okay? Yeah. He is the one going, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, and that, right? That's why it never, it doesn't make sense. And the spirit of the Lord does not bear witness with false testimony. Yeah. In fact, he'll convict you. And he should be convicting you for even listening. Well, there's isn't, a, Slander isn't the problem necessarily. It's the people that listen yeah, to slander. And that's allow the it, big problem. And allow it to continue that's and the, perpetuate. That's actually the bigger problem with slander is yeah. the people that allow it to be spoken to them and they're not willing to correct the person in front of them yep. and say, really? Oh, so why don't we go talk to them and reconcile this situation? Oh, you don't want to because it's none of this is true and you're just being a whiny butt? Like... <laughs> Oh, that's why. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm dead serious. You have to be bold and stand up for the truth when people slander and do not allow yourself to be a landing place for slander, yeah. for gossip. Otherwise, you're participating in the same thing. Yeah. And guess what happens usually? It's going to come back and get you. It's going to get that person. I'm just saying. Boom. Don't drop the mic because they're expensive, but mic drop. <laughs> Verse 36 says, um, if Jesus was praying in the garden and he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup of judgment away from me, but not what I will, but what you will. And it just struck struck me anew that Jesus willfully went to the cross for us because he had the power. It says in many places he has the power to call down legions of angels to to protect him, to defend him, to rescue him. And he willfully actually laid down his will. He chose to lay down his will and say, not my will, but your will, God, be done. And he humbly submitted himself to the will of the Father. And it makes me want to um, to kind of do the same thing, to, to yes, say, not my will, but your will be done, Jesus, or Father God, but also apprehend what's been apprehended for me, that Jesus willfully did that. So let me not let that be in vain. Let me not let his sacrifice be in vain. In Philippians 3.12, it says, I press on, I, we press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. So what are those things that we need to take hold of that Jesus paid the price for on the cross? It's freedom. It's forgiveness of our sins and the promise of eternal life with him um, in heaven. 
It's all the fruits of the spirit that are available to us now because we because because Jesus died on the cross and then went to heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit as a helper, as a comforter, um, as an advocate for us. And so all the fruits of the spirit of the Holy Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. All of those things that are hard in the natural when the when the situation is hard and it's hard to have happiness, but you can still have joy. Because it's the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. When everything is tossing and turning all around you, when someone is slandering you, you can still have peace because it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. All of these things, victory and peace, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. All of these things are available to us every second of every day because of what Jesus willfully chose to do on the cross. Mm -hmm. He chose to go to the cross so that we could have all of these things. And so let us today press on and take hold of all that Jesus apprehended for us. That's right. Well, thanks for listening to Morning Breath. We'll see you next Monday and join us on our podcast for other hosts all this week on our app or our website. See you next time. Bye. You are listening to the Morning Breath podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321 454 4531. That's 321 454 4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. 
Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.